This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. I've been thinking there's probably a lot of new listeners joining the podcast recently because value is in now. And you've been looking around on Apple Podcasts and you're like, ah, I'd like to listen to some investing podcasts maybe some value investing, and that's how you found us. So I'm aware that maybe not everyone realizes that this value investor podcast host, that's me, also writes a newsletter, a weekly newsletter here at Zacks, and it's Z-A-C-K-S, in case you are finding me on Apple Podcasts and don't know I'm part of Zacks Investment Research. But I am, and I do do this weekly newsletter at Zach's, and it's on value, of course. And um, if you'd like to take a look at it, that's easy to arrange. You can do a trial of our Zach's Ultimate. That's the one that basically lets you see all of our newsletters. So we have newsletters that cover just about everything. Uh, We have the growth, we have healthcare, we have tech. We have cannabis, we have alternative energy that's just launching. We have my value investor. I also write the insider trader, which is kind of a fun portfolio. That's when the insiders at the company buy shares of the stock. We buy the stock too, as long as it has good fundamentals, of course. Uh, But that one does have a little bit of a value bent to it too, because a lot of the insiders like to buy after the stock is sold off big. And so a lot of the stocks are cheap. Not always, but a lot of the times they are. And so that kind of fits with my uh, interests, which are value. So I've been running the Zacks Value Investor since 2011 now. It's been a long journey. It's been 11 years and it's been quite a wild ride, you know, from the time when they were uh, debating the debt ceiling under Obama. That's kind of when I took it over. And then, you know, we saw everything. We saw like the Eurozone crisis. There was the plunge in energy in like 2014, 2015. There was the uh, Brexit, that big sell off that happened and then it rebounded right away. Then we had obviously the pandemic and had to endure all of that. And now we're coming out of the pandemic and value may be back in. So this could be our time. I've said that a couple times over the last 11 years, but it is looking more likely now that value is where it's gonna be for a longer time period now. So I currently have 16 stocks in the portfolio. So it's on the smaller side. We usually are supposed to have about 15 to 20 in there, but keeping it a little bit thinner now because of the market conditions and just how volatile it is. So our holding period is forever, but because of the pandemic, I got uh, it was just too volatile. We got wiped out of a bunch of our older positions. We did add quite a few during the pandemic, but some of them were a little bit more growthy. So we owned like Pinterest in there, um, in mode, some of those that were like growth stocks that got you know, crushed down. I felt like there was value there. So we got in those. We did see some nice gains and then we got out. So we avoided most of this year's downturn in those more growthy names, but we have taken it on the chin with some of our holdings, even those that didn't have like the growth uh, outlook there. But our oldest 
uh, portfolio position now is from March 2020. I had to go look to see. I knew it was a couple of years old now, but I was kind of surprised to see, hey, I bought that like right during the darkness of, you know, right when the pandemic hit, we were all in lockdown stock market was selling off. I wanted to get into something that was cheap at the time. And this particular position, I'm not going to say what it is, um, but it was trading around nine times and it was real boring, real boring area of the market nobody cared about. And um, it's done real well for us because that's why we're still in it. So the commentary, as I said, comes out once a week. It's on Fridays. And um, so that just kind of gives an overview of what's going on in the portfolio. And so you can do the 30 day trial. Like I said, it does cost a dollar, but you can do it at zacks.com. It's Z A C K S.com slash ultimate, which is U L T I M A T E. So zacks.com slash ultimate. And if you're looking at listening to this podcast like a year later, I'm recording this in November 2022, that link should still work. So come join us, even if it's a year later, because I'm hoping that the value is still plugging along. In fact, I'm thinking it will be, fingers crossed. So if you're still interested in value stocks in 2023 or even 2024, if you're listening to this then, then um, still give us a, a look here at zax.com slash ultimate. Okay, speaking of the value, uh, there is a lot going on. And I wanted to go kind of back to the basics on this podcast because I realize there are a lot of you who are new. You're finding us on Apple Podcasts because you're interested maybe in doing value investing. Maybe all the growth stocks you bought really weren't working out and they're kind of blowing up. And you're like, maybe I need to get out of those and I need to get into this value thing. (laughs) So what does value even mean? Value stock investing is really pretty basic. It's just stocks that are really being rejected by Wall Street. That's what I call it. So they're out of favor for some reason, or even sometimes they are actually hated. And a lot of times they're considered boring because they're not in, uh, you know, they're not popular. So when you mention them to someone, they're like, hey, that's boring, or why do I want to be in that? And, um, you know, that's where they get the reputation for the value. So they're basically being ignored. Nobody's buying them and they get cheaper. But what I mean by cheap doesn't necessarily mean by the price. So a lot of people get confused about that. They think, oh, cheap means it's like $5 a share or a dollar a share or 50 cents a share. That's a cheap stock. That's a value. But that isn't, that is cheap on a price basis. And um, I get it. I get why it's fun to buy like a $5 stock because you think like, oh, it's at $5. All it needs to do is go to $10 and like double my money. So I get it. Um, I've, I've thought like that many times myself, but value investing really looks at the fundamentals to find cheap fundamentals. And what does fundamentals usually mean? It usually means earnings, or at least you start there, earnings and then sales. So if you're looking for earnings, you want to know that you're getting those earnings cheaply. You're getting those earnings on sale. So you want to get as low uh, on for the price of the earnings as you can. So the most basic fundamental that value investors look at is the price to earnings, which 
is translated into the PE, price to earnings, P over E, and people just call it the PE ratio. So it is price divided by the earnings. That's the most basic value screen you can do. Now, some people hate the PE. They're always like, Tracy, why are you screening only with PE? And in fact, I think someone complained about it in the comments on Apple Podcast about the podcast saying, oh, she only does these screens with PE, blah, blah. And I'm with you, I get it, that PE is not complete. And it can be manipulated by the companies on the E side, not necessarily the P, but on the E, on the earnings. And some industries, it doesn't tell you who's really cheap just based on earnings. So for instance, on the banks, we look at price to book for the banks mostly and not so much the PE. So it is not uh, 100% the greatest thing you can use, but it is the most basic screen if we're only going to screen for one of the fundamentals you might as well start with the pe because it will give you some direction and somewhere to go because you know you are getting it cheap if you're getting that low pe now um for my basic screens you can just screen with the pe but you're going to get a lot of stocks now because the pe's are low on a lot of companies. So if I just went to like Yahoo Finance and ran some basic screen over there with just PE, it's gonna be unworkable, even if you go for a pretty low PE. But at Zaxx, I can add the Zaxx rank and at least it's gonna give me uh, some little boost, a little catalyst there, something good going beyond just, oh, it's cheap. So what does the Zaxx rank do, remember? it looks for rising earnings estimates. And it's outside analysts, not Zach's analysts. We we grab all their data. Uh, so after a company reports earnings, they're, uh, you know, they beat, they raise guidance for the year. The analysts have to go in and they have to raise their, their outlook because they're usually below, right? If the company's raising, they have to raise too. So they go in, they put in the new numbers, and then we collect all that data and we put it into the Zacks consensus. And then that is what figures the Zacks ranks of number one, which is the strong buy, it is the best rank, and number twos, which are the buys, also very good. Currently, there's 964 number ones and number twos. That's a high number. I, I don't remember it being that close to like a thousand before. So something good is going on at 964 companies. And um, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to have earnings growth um, or you know that they're like crushing it in any other way other than something is happening where the analysts are raising their earnings estimates on that company. And usually it's several of them are doing it at the same time. So they're in agreement about what's going on. So also remember the PEs at Zacks looks at the forward PE, and that's what earnings may be going into the future. So you will see on like Yahoo Finance under their PE, it'll say TTM and that's the trailing one. That's actually what the company made last year. It is confirmed they did make that. <laughs> so you can look at that, but um, we like to look at what might be going on in the like near term future, the next couple of quarters and that that gives you a better idea of the valuation on the company. 
um, it, it obviously can change if a company uh, warns on earnings and all the analysts have to cut, the PE is going to change because it's looking at the forward area, um, not the back. So just keep that in mind. A lot of people get confused on forward PEs versus trailing. And as long as you know which one you're using, you don't really need to know anything more than that, really. But um, Zach's uses the forward one, and that is the one that I also like to use. So what kind of PE should we be using? Well, we have used 15 and under many times on this screen. When I've done just this basic value screen for this podcast, and I've done it a couple of times over the years now, because I like to do just this basic one. But I knew if we did 15, because there are a lot of cheap stocks out there, it was going to give us way too many stocks, even with the Zach's ranks of ones and twos. So there's 964 of those. but even with the PE under 15, I've just felt like we're going to get a couple hundred for sure. So I started with a PE of under 10. And even that one, when I ran that screen, it gave me 217 matches. <laughs> so I didn't actually go back to look to see what 15 gave, but it's it's a lot. So that's just too much too. How can anyone look through a list of 217? That's too much. So I did lower it to five. But Five, remember, could mean if it's under the five, that's what I looked for, five and under, that could mean it's just too cheap, right? A PE of like two or something is like, what else is going on at that company that the street is completely ignoring this company that's trading with, you know, a PE, a price to earnings ratio of just two. So, you know, that that's just, I, it's hard to look at that. There are um, plenty when I ran this screen, when I lowered it to five. So I got 48 stocks and um, you know that's a lot too. I, I can't even remember. There's just so many of these cheap ones out there that I can't even remember You know, um, another time when we had this many cheap, maybe right around when I took over the portfolio in 2011. And we did have a we did have a sell off then, so it might have been then. But that at least gives us some choice. I felt like that was a decent number. I'm certainly not lowering it even further to like a four. I could have just kept it at Zach's number ones, which are the tops. But I did want to include number twos because it will give us just more variety than just having the number ones and more to choose from. So I kept it at that. I looked through the list of 48 stocks. A lot of them are energies. So I originally was only gonna do like three companies out of the 48. And then um, I realized like the third one was an energy and the first one was an energy. But I didn't, I didn't realize the third one was when I picked it because I was like, I don't know the name of this company. I've never heard of it before. Are they in chemicals? What are they in? And then I was like, oh, they're energy again. So I kept going and I wanted to find a few that were not energy. And then some are foreign companies. Uh, you can tell because they have the longer stock ticker, like, you know, they'll have five letters. And a lot of times those are foreign Companies, nothing wrong with investing in foreign companies. I like many of them, but I kind of stayed away from some of those for this podcast as well. So I did manage to find a couple that were not energy, and I did stick with five. So what are they? So the first one is energy, and this one, it says energy, so I knew it was some kind of energy, but I did not know this one, and it's PBF. 
as in Paul, B as in boy, F as in Frank, PBF Energy. And the ticker is PBF, P as in Paul, B as in boy, F as in Frank. And so they are an independent refiner. So this is one of the refineries. They're in California, Delaware, Louisiana, New Jersey, and Ohio. And of course, earnings are soaring. These are the guys that um, President Biden is complaining about, apparently, uh, because earnings are expected to be up 960% this year. So they're expected to make $21.52, but they lost $2.50 last year. That's an incredible turnaround, right? They have a 5.8 billion market cap. They are Zach's number one rank. And here's their PE, 2.2, 2.2. Even though the shares are up and rallying, that's because of this huge gain in the, in the E, the earnings, um, that's not expected to stick around. So that's what you have to watch out for. Some of these may seem too good to be true. And next year, still up compared to 2021, but only expected to make $8.55, so down 60%. But even those earnings um, are uh, on the rise too, because analysts have no idea on the energy side for next year, but now they're getting a little more bullish for 2023 as well. So it's still going to be cheap, even looking at 2023, but you are going to see that earnings decline there. Now, they did just reinstate the dividend when they just reported earnings. So you are getting a dividend with a yield of 1.7%. So PBF must think that these uh, earnings and they're now uh, pretty solid free cash flows are going to stick around, and that's why they reinstated the dividend. So if you're looking for a refiner, this one is dirt cheap and it's got the number one rank. PBF Energy is the name. Okay, then um, switching away from energy, there was Avis Budget Group on this list, ticker CAR. I was a little reluctant to put it on here because it is one of the meme stocks. So over the last two years, these shares are up 622%, 622% if you were uh, messing around and trading this one. Year to date, it actually is up when the S&P 500 is down 21%. It's up 8%, but it's been more muted this year, a little less on the memesters this year than what we've seen. So, but what's happening with earnings? It's got to have a good Zach's rank, right? Even though I was reluctant to put it on here, it is a number two. And three estimates were higher last week, both for 2022's earnings and 2023's. So 2022, the numbers are there. We're all traveling, we're all renting cars. The Zipcar, which they do own and I've used for the last couple of years, is still gouging me, I guess you could say. Um, let's just say the price has gone up. It's a lot higher than it used to be. So um, I'm paying a lot for the Zipcar. So anyone using that, they're making pretty good money off of us on that side. But that does include the gasoline, actually, if you rent a Zipcar. So they're they're covering that higher cost as well. And now this year, earnings expected to be 51.73, and that's up 130% from last year at 22.49. So pretty good fundamentals. That's why you get a PE of 4.5. So it is super cheap here on a PE basis. But next year, expected to decline back to 24.89, which would be you know just a, a little bit better than 2021, but down 52% from this this year. So 
this is similar to PBF. Um, you know, a lot of these companies expected to see a decline next year, especially if the economy continues to slow here. But for now, it is still cheap at that 4.5. So that's Avis Budget Group, ticker CAR. But remember, the stock is more volatile because there's a lot of traders in it. Okay, the third stock is the one where I didn't know originally it was energy. And I was like, oh, maybe this is some kind of, you know, chemicals or industrial of some kind because it's HF Sinclair. Sounds like some kind of industrial to me. But the ticker is kind of fun. It's Dino, 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 like Dinosaurus, Dinosaur. Uh, D-I-N-O is the ticker. D is in Dave. I, N is in Nancy, O. Um, so that's easy, but I discovered this was an energy and it's a combination of Holly Frontier and Sinclair Oil. So they combined in March 2022. And so now they're just HF Sinclair. They do refining, the midstream, big in lubricants, they have renewables and marketing. And remember, if you're looking at uh, fossil fuel energy companies and it says they do marketing, it's not like marketing at a company like, oh, I work in marketing, not like that. Marketing in energy means the service stations. So they have 1300 Sinclair service stations now, and that's on the marketing side. Um, so I guess that comes from the term of like, hey, we're gonna market our, our gasoline that we refined. And that's how that came about, I'm sure. Um, so they do sell specialized lubricants though, and that seems like a pretty big business as well in the US, Canada, and the Netherlands. Um, they're in a bunch of countries. They did announce a, they had a share repurchase, and then they just announced a new one in September, a new billion dollar share repurchase. And so how cheap are these guys? PE is just 4.4. They're also a Zach's number one strong buy. Earnings expected to be up 846% this year. Again, it's energy, not surprising, to $14.38 versus just $1.52 last year. And next year, expected to see the decline, like we've seen with some of these others, down to $9.97. It's down 31% for next year, but obviously still massively above what they made in 2021, but that was before the merger, but I'm not sure if that includes both companies, it might still at at a dollar fifty-two. Year to date, these shares are up eighty-five percent. So you might look at that and go, oh, Tracy, that's all done. I've been hearing that a lot. Like energy is done, and the rally has been fierce. But we've seen over the last two years, energy will have these mini rallies, and then they'll pull back when the price of oil or natural gas comes down again, and then it rallies again. So keep that in mind if you're looking for an entry point into any of these energies. This one is HF Sinclair, um, D-I-N-O, and they do have a dinosaur on their website. So it's a good way to remember them, right? Okay, then I was like trying to find stuff that wasn't energy, right? I know some of you are like, eh, energy, I'm not buying that, I refuse. So we gotta have some other options. So I started looking at the list going, what have I never heard of before? There were plenty. And I picked out this company, Radian Group, ticker RDN. And I, I had no idea what they do, and I had to do, you know, look on, look them up. And they do looks like mortgage insurance, and they're in the mortgage and real estate industry. So this area is a little rocky right now with the slowdown in uh, mortgages and purchase applications have come way down. 
dramatically because of the higher mortgage rates. So they did just announce, right, when I was uh, looking into this in November 2022, that they were laying off 166 people in Pennsylvania. Some of them are at their headquarters because of the volatile market conditions in mortgages. Uh, how cheap is it? it? Is a PE of 4.4. It's a Zach's number one. One estimate only, and it is higher in the last seven days. So they're expected to make 471 this year versus 315 last year. So that's up 49%. That sounds great, right? But as I just mentioned, the mortgage applications are way down and things are changing in the industry. So analysts has them at 316 for next year. That's just a penny better than what they did in 2021. So basically flat compared to 2021. And um, shares, though, haven't really done much. They've kind of been in a narrow trading range even for the last two years. So year to date, they are down, but only 6%. Two years, they're up, but 12.9%. So that is, um, for the year to date, better than the S&P 500, even though they're both down. Uh, dividend, though, these kinds of companies, the mortgage uh, insurance insurer companies a lot tend to pay the dividends and it is yielding 3.9%. They have a 3.1 billion market cap, just in case you're wondering like how big are they? Um, so they're not super tiny. And so this is more of a dividend play, I wanna say, but just because the shares don't really go anywhere. So you're basically collecting the income on this one. I'm not a big fan of anything with the housing right now, given where the rates are and some of the volatility in that industry. So, but you never know what the company is going to be doing, right? When you look it up on these screens. So that's why you do your research. And this one is the Zach's number one. It does have a rising earnings estimates, even in just the last week. So that's why you got to look around. But if you're interested in the mortgage area and this one is cheap, it's Radian Group, ticker R as in Robert, D as in David, N as in Nancy, R-D-N. And then I went, continued my quest for another stock that was not energy. So I just stayed away from anything that even remotely looked like energy or industrials. And I found one that had the word software in it. I felt like I'd be pretty safe with that one. So it's Upland Software ticker U, P as in Paul, L as in Larry, D as in David, U-P-L-D. And um, this one is a cloud-based software company, and they help businesses accelerate their digital transformations. Now, it only has a market cap of $205 million, so it's very small. It is a Zacks number two, which is the buy. They do have earnings. That's how they have the P-E. So they're expected to make um, $1.85 here in 2022, but that's down 15% from last year when they made $2.18. And then next year, it looks a little bit almost flat again, uh, up to just $1.89. So $1.85 this year, analysts looking for $1.89, that is up, but 1.9% only. Year to date, these shares are down 64% because it has software in the name, so you can imagine what's going on. And two years, they're now down 86% in two years. So maybe there is some value here. The PE is just 3.8. 
It was trading around $50 a share at its peak. It's now trading under $10 at about $6.50 when I'm recording this on um, November 9th, 2022. So I did want to include one of these software techie names because with the big sell-off here in 2022, we are going to start to see some companies in this sector that's just getting really beat up and they will get cheap. But is the beat up, is this over? Is it, has it bottomed? Will it go lower? You know, it's, it, it may, I don't know. And these are the type of companies, these small cap um, software companies and cloud companies that you need to really do your research on and know what's happening with the business. What is management doing um, during these more difficult times now? As you know, what what does their uh, balance sheet look like? Can they survive a recession? All of these things. So do your due diligence on some of these. But this is what the basic screens are designed to do. It's just giving me a cheap stock with the the high Zacks rank, and then everything else is up to us to go in and find some hidden gems among these. So that one was Upland Software UPLD. So you can see, I, I did manage to find something outside of energy, but I would say there were at least 10 stocks that were energy, maybe more. I didn't count them all. Out of 48, that's a decent chunk, right? But energy has the right ranks right now because analysts are still raising estimates for many companies in that group. And despite the huge rally that they've had this year and last year, because the earnings are rising at a much quicker rate, they still have these really low PEs. I mean, these are all under five and there's you know a dozen of them on here um, under five times. So it is a bounty of riches right now for value investors, but there are a lot of value traps. And as the economy slows, some of these companies that look dirt cheap and you think, oh, you know, this looks so good, might not be. So you really have to watch out in these stocks that are trading at under five times. See what else is going on there. Is there a reason the street is ignoring them? Although you could say they're really not ignoring energy. If if a company's up 85% this year, someone's noticing it, right? Um, but just that earnings growth is so tremendous to counter that huge rally. So um, keep these things in mind, but you do have to dig around a little deeper on your own when you run these screens. And I just ran the screen on Zacks.com on our basic screener there. You can see where up at the top, if you go to Zacks.com, it says uh, stocks screener or something right up at the top and you can click on that or just might even say screener or something up there and you can you can see and you can even if you don't have like a premium membership or anything like that or you know anything you can still go on there and use some of the basic screens and we also have some predetermined just basic screens on there too i should take a look at those again because those are available to anyone and i'm sure there's even some some nice ones in there that would work so maybe on the future episode i'll be looking at that but we are waiting right now for Warren Buffett to release what he did in the third quarter with his portfolio. We already know some of it because Berkshire Hathaway already reported earnings, but I want to see what the 13F filings actually say he's doing 
And I'm going to do a whole episode on what Buffett is doing with all this value out there. He is living it up in his 90s um, after waiting all, you know, over a decade now on the sidelines pretty much with all that cash. He's starting to deploy it and we all want to know what is what is he getting into because um, he is the greatest uh, value investor of all time and he's still here to show us what he's doing. So I'm going to be doing an episode on that among other things. So you don't want to miss a single episode. Make sure you're subscribing. If you did find us on Apple Podcasts, make sure you just subscribe to us to get all of our episodes right when they come out. And you can also get us on Spotify. Maybe you found us there or we are on Amazon Music. We are also on SoundCloud, but you have to get my other podcast if you're getting us on SoundCloud. So search for Zach's Market Edge and you can find all both of them on there and you can listen to double the stock picks every week with Zach's Market Edge and the Value Investor Podcast. But be sure to get us somewhere, and I'll see you again next week with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.